Sometimes we get so wrapped up in the narrative of the NBA season that we don't even look and try to see what is the roster and what should this roster be capable of if we just looked at it in a vacuum. A couple of seasons ago, we had the Lakers win a championship in the NBA bubble. And a couple of seasons ago, we had the Milwaukee Bucks win a championship. Today, we have a Milwaukee Bucks franchise where the coach got fired 43 games into the year, and we have now 44 games into the year with the Bucks winning last night, uh, snapping the Cleveland Cavaliers' eight-game win streak, very good victory for their team. And then we have the Lakers, who are, are just in this up-and-down roller coaster where you have LeBron and Anthony Davis leading this team, where people aren't happy with D'Angelo Russell and some of the other pieces. You have Austin Reeves. You're not sure who's going to stay a part of this team, who's going to go. They're trying to make it work around the, the edges, the periphery with some of the talent they picked up off of the proverbial scrap heap. And if we just took a look, out of curiosity, at the championship roster for these two teams and compared them to where they are right now, how drastically different would you say the roster is now from them? If we look at the Lakers roster from when they won the championship in the bubble, they had, back on that team, the, some of the notable players were KCP, who then also went and won another championship in Denver, so he's got two rings. So you had KCP, you had Alex Caruso, who was a big part of that team. You had Anthony Davis, obviously. You had Danny Green, who at this point, I don't even know if he's in the NBA. You had Taylor Horton Tucker, not really a part of, not really a big part of that team. You had Dwight Howard, certainly served the role. LeBron, Kyle Kuzma, you had JaVale McGee on the bench. Uh, Markeith Morris, not really in much of a role there. You had, of course, Rajon Rondo, who had an amazing, amazing postseason that year. So the, their main players, KCP, Caruso, AD, Danny Green, Dwight Howard, LeBron, Kyle Kuzma, and Rondo. Fast forward to today, and let's see what we have with the roster today. You're obviously still going to have the same top two pieces, right? They still have Anthony Davis. They still have LeBron James. Now, instead of some of the other pieces that they had back then, they now have Austin Reeves. They have Torian Prince, who is perhaps underwhelming. They have D'Angelo Russell. Christian Wood around the edges, but not, not a player that I would highlight for this exercise. They have Rui Hachimura, who played very well for them in the playoffs last year. They have Jared Vanderbilt. They have Gabe Vincent, who hasn't really played up to this point. So you can see that the team is a little bit more shallow right now with Reeves, Anthony Davis, Torian Prince, D'Angelo Russell, LeBron, Rui, Jared Vanderbilt, Gabe Vincent. It's lacking a little bit from that team. On the, on the other team, you had Kyle Kuzma, Caruso, KCP, Danny Green, they were a, and Rajon Rondo. They were a little bit more around the edges. They were a little bit more of a full, complete team, whereas this Lakers team still has some really good pieces. They still have the top two. LeBron, who looks really good. Granted, he's missed a couple of games throughout the year, but he still looks really good when he plays. And you still have Anthony Davis. And then you still have Austin Reeves, who has improved as a player over the last few seasons to, to the degree with his, that he's signed a pretty good contract. Really could have gone for way more than the $54 million or so that he signed with the Lakers this past season. That was really a steal for them. And then they still have Hachimura, and they still have D'Angelo Russell, who are certainly good players. So if you had to take a look at the Lakers roster right now, 
in a, no pun intended, in a bubble. Their roster really isn't that bad. They probably should be better than the record that they're at right now, which is roughly around 500, right? Currently, the Lakers are sitting at, at ninth in the West. They're 22 and 23, so they're one game below 500. And if you looked at their team, a snapshot in time, and you said, where would they be 45 games into the season? You probably have to assume that they were in the top five or six teams in the West, maybe higher, based purely on their roster. So how far away is their team from where they were when they won the championship? They're a couple of players away. They're for sure a couple of players away. And they, they have a little bit of time to round that out. It would be helpful if they could get Gabe Vincent on the court. But the team should be doing a lot better than they are. This roster is, is a you know, four or five seed type of roster if you just looked at it in a bubble. Then let's do the same thing with the 2019-2020 championship team, the Milwaukee Bucks. When the Bucks won the finals... They had, obviously, their main player was still there, Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? You had Giannis at the top. You had Pat Connaughton on that team, still on the team today. You had Tori Craig. Uh, DiVincenzo was hurt, so he didn't actually play in that finals. You had Drew Holiday. Brooke Lopez, who's still on the team today. Chris Middleton, who's still on the team today. Bobby Portis, who's still on the team today. And those are, and then you had P.J. Tucker, who's no, no longer part of the team. He was certainly a piece that was helpful for that championship team. Now let's compare that to the team that they have today. You still have Brooke Lopez, still have Bobby Portis, still have Giannis. Now you have Malik Beasley. Instead of Drew Holiday, you have Damian Lillard. You have Cameron Payne off the bench. You have Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, who were, who were on the team before. You have Jay Crowder and Robin Lopez filling out the edges. Those two rosters are very comparable. And if anything, today's roster is even better. So you have a Milwaukee Bucks team that won the championship in the 2019-2020 season, and they improved on that roster today. So I know that they've been struggling on defense, and I know you'd like to see maybe some easier baskets from Damian Lillard than the ones that he attempts and some more high-efficiency plays between him and Giannis in the pick-and-roll. But no matter who's coaching this team, this is a team that's certainly capable of winning the NBA Finals. And this is a team that I would wager is better than the roster that they had when they already won the Finals a few years ago. And I would also say that Giannis is a more complete player today than he was back then. So take the coaching and move that to the side a little bit. Because whether they have Adrian Griffin, whether they have Doc Rivers, whether they have Joe Prunty, or whether I was coaching the team, this team would still have a really good shot of winning the finals. But sometimes, getting back to what I said at the, at the very opening of the podcast seven minutes ago, we get distracted by the narrative surrounding these teams. But if we could just look at the roster and remember 
where these teams were a couple of years ago when they were super successful, the Lakers and the Bucks, and compare that to now, you can see that the Lakers are slightly worse, but they shouldn't be a below 500 team. They should be firmly in the playoff mix. They should be, I mean, they're in the playoff mix if you count the play in right now, but they should be between four and six in the seating. The Milwaukee Bucks should be right where they are or, or in the, the one seed, and they have a real good chance, you know, maybe a 33% chance if I had to put it to a number of winning the NBA championship this year. In terms of headlines, we don't have too much happening currently in the NBA. You had the, the uh, Warriors coming back with a victory last night. Mourning the loss of their coach was an emotional night for them. You had the Bucks beating the Cleveland Cavaliers, snapping the longest win streak in the NBA. So that was eight victories in a row for Cleveland. All good things come to an end. Donovan Mitchell was playing really well in that game, even down the stretch. But the Bucks were up by double digits virtually the whole second half. So they were just up a few mo a few points too many for for uh, Cleveland to try and close that. You had the Pistons beating the Hornets yesterday, 113-106. You had the Timberwolves beating the Wizards. So they got back on track. Wizards a very good team to do that against. You had the Grizzlies scraping together whatever players they have and beating the Heat by nine points. The Heat are hilarious because they, they think, they really thought last night in that game that they could just tighten up in the last few minutes of the game and just take the game. But that's not how it works. You can't go down to the wire, down by eight to ten points, and just assume that you can tighten up in, in the final three minutes. Basketball is a game that's played over 48 minutes. And if you want to win the game, you're going to have to play a 48-minute ball game, or at least a 40-plus-minute ball game. You can't just bring your A game in the final three minutes. They might be the most important minutes, but if you're too far behind the eight ball, then that's not going to be enough to win a 48-minute basketball game. But let me tell you what the Heat are doing. They've played this game before. The Heat are trying to pull the wool over your eyes right now. Same as last year. The Heat are going to be ready, come playoff time, to play all 48 minutes. And they're distracting you right now. They're losing to the Grizzlies. They're losing lots of games that they should be winning. It's going to get to the point where they're losing so many games that people are going to start to doubt did they lose too many pieces from last season to the point where they won't be able to compete this off this uh, this postseason you know what their record is in their last 4 games they're 0 and 4 0 and 4 in their last 4 wow Jimmy Butler was playing in at, in at least three of those games. And they still lost them? That's pretty remarkable. But don't be fooled. Because a smart NBA fan knows that playoff time, it's going to totally switch. They're sitting in the sixth seed right now, 
and they could be sitting in the eighth seed come playoff time, it makes no difference. They are going to be ready, and they're going to turn it around in the playoffs. I guarantee it. The Trailblazers beat the Rockets in overtime. As we already discussed, the Bucks ended the Cavaliers' win streak, and the Bucks have a win streak of their own starting three in a row. The Suns now take over with the longest win streak in the NBA, beating the Mavericks pretty handily. A great victory for them out in Dallas. That's going to bring it for the Phoenix Suns. That's going to bring their win streak up to seven games in a row. And they suddenly, with seven wins in a row, you can cover a ton of ground in today's NBA where the standings are so bunched up around that 4, 5 to 10, 11 range. The Suns, with the seven victories, they moved up from between 8 to 10. They're, they're now at 5. The Suns are at the 5 seed. Three games away from the 4-seeded Clippers. Wow, a seven-game win streak can take you really, really far. Then you have the Thunder, of course, crushing the Spurs, 140-114. That's their fourth victory in a row, so another four wins in a row rattled off for the Thunder. And then you have the Warriors getting an impactful victory at home, mourning the loss of their coach, their assistant coach. In tonight's NBA action, we have the Sixers taking on the Pacers. Hopefully Tyrese Halliburton is back to play in that one. We'll see what Joel Embiid can do now that he's going on the road immediately after scoring his 70-point game, making history for the Sixers. Let's see what Joel Embiid can do in Indiana tonight against the Pacers. In the other early game, we have the Jazz taking on the Wizards. Jazz have lost a couple in a row after going on that super hot 9-1 game out of 10 record. Now they're going to Washington. We'll see if they can get back on track. The Timberwolves are going to go face the Nets in Brooklyn. The Nets come up with new ways to lose every night and the Timberwolves should be able to hand business. The Nuggets are going to go to Madison Square Garden and play the Knicks. Should be a great one there. The Knicks always bring the intensity, especially at home. You have the Celtics going to Miami in what's going to be a battle or a rematch from last year's conference finals. Celtics versus the Heat. Always should be a good one there. The Celtics can play with a bit of a chip on their shoulder, and the Heat should turn, back up the, should turn the Heat back up whenever they're playing the Celtics. So that should be a great one tonight. Then we have the Kings go into the Warriors. The Kings know that they need to turn on the gas pedal. So the Kings are going to be bringing it going against the Warriors tonight. Warriors are going to try to string together a couple of victories. And then we have the Bulls in the late game taking on the Lakers in Los Angeles. Lakers really need to start winning some ball games. They were in a similar place to Phoenix seven games ago. Phoenix got Durant back from his hamstring injury and Durant said, we need to change this right now. Phoenix rattled off seven victories. We'll see if the Lakers have enough players to do something similar and string a couple of wins together against the tough young Bulls team. That'll pretty much wrap it up for us. A nice quick show today, and we are NBAV. You can reach out to the show on NB Avenue. That's N-B-A-V-E-N-U-E at yahoo.com. We are your NBA venue for a great time every time, and we'll catch you on the next one.